Good evening, and thank you for joining with us again for our weekly Bible study. We are so blessed and honored that you have chosen to join us. I hope and I pray that you have found this study so far to be beneficial, because I know that I have, and I am so excited as we continue into it. Well, two weeks ago, we looked at what the Bible says about holiness and how God is holy and he is the only true holy one. He is considered to be the holy one, the supreme holy one. And he calls us to be holy as well. And holiness, if you read scriptures, it is all through the Bible. And we studied that a couple weeks ago. And then last week, we examined the seven views of holiness that many churches take and how each view has its strengths. And we, we saw that the Wesleyan Church um, which is what we are, uh, typically takes more of an optimistic view, such as uh, uh, view six, which is keep seeking until you receive, and, and Dr. Drury called that the middle way. And then we also look at, sometimes we take the, the seventh view, or the seventh approach, which is believe and receive by faith now, and that's what is considered the short way. And so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be continuing in our series, or the book that we've been reading, Holiness for Ordinary People by Keith Drury. And now that we have the general overview of what holiness is, and we have seen the evidence in Scripture, and I really hope that you have been exploring Scripture for yourself, and we've seen the different approaches taken in holiness, let's now get into the nitty-gritty of, of, of really how we can do this and how we can apply it to our lives. And as we jump into this next chapter, um, I love the way that Dr. Jury titles his, his, this chapter. I, I love the shock value of it. He, said, he titled it, Sanctification and Sex. And he explains that Paul connected the, 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 the two, sanctification and sex, in his letter to the Thessalonians by making sexual purity a prime example of what it means to be sanctified. Uh, Dr. Drury says, sex is a good test, of, or a good test case for trying out doctrine of holiness and discovering what we believe about sanctification. And this is what he does. He actually gives us a case study. And I, we're going to examine this together, and we're going to look at the different responses that, that we can give and what we would say in this situation. And so if you haven't read the book yet, let me, let me break this story down to you. And if you have read the book, get it out, and, and let's go through this together. Well, he tells us a story about a guy named Josh. Now, he says that this is not actually his real name, and that's a good thing. Uh, but he said there's, there's a guy named Josh who has been married for many years. Now, Josh is a Christian man, and he meets regularly with his accountability partner, Carl. However, on one meeting, unfortunately, during, during this meeting, Josh admits to Carl that he has been cheating on his wife for many years. And Carl is taken back by this, and he, and he scolds Josh for his actions, and, and he can't believe that Josh is doing this. But Josh explains that, that the guilt that he is feeling has overtaken him, and, and, and he's taken back by this. He just, he's so upset, and he then continues to explain to Carl that, that he actually, the, the sad truth is, he wants both women. He says that he's tried to stop the affair. He says that he, 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 he's, he's tried time and time again to stop, but he just can't because he has deep feelings for both women. And then as the story continued on, he said, I don't even want to stop. And that's a sad story. But if we look at it, he's meeting with an accountability partner. And so as an accountability partner, typically what you're going to do is you're going to give some advice. You're going to try to help your, other, your, your, your partner. And so the question then stand is, what would you tell Josh? Dr. Jury says, doctrine can be examined as an impersonal statements or argued and debated like philosophy, but a good test of any doctrine 
is how it plays out in real life. So the question is, what would you tell Josh? What would you say to him? And so here's what we're going to do. This is what I want to do today. I want you, we're going to get really interactive, okay? I want you to hit that pause button, and I want you to discuss some things that you would tell him. How would you advise this man who, who continues to cheat on his wife? Okay, what would you say to him? He, he's coming to you. You're meeting at a restaurant. Put yourself in Carl's shoes for a second, right? You, you're, you're meeting with your friend, and, and you're at this restaurant, and they confess to you that they had been cheating on their spouse for many years, and, they, and they, the reality is they don't want to stop. What, what are you, you going to tell them? And so if you're in a group, hit the pause button. Go ahead and hit it and discuss it amongst your group. And if you're by yourself, write something down. Really think through this, okay? So seriously, hit the pause button. Think about it. What would you tell them? Okay, I, I hope that you had a good discussion, and I hope that you didn't just wait for me to jump back into it. I really hope that you guys took the time to, to really process this of what you would say. How would you respond to them? What are, what are the things that you would tell this person? And so now, now that you've discussed it, now that you've written it down, let's look at some options that Dr. Jury gives us. Uh, these are four various answers or responses that different approaches to holiness would take. So this is what he says. He says, response one is this. Sinners forever, but forgiven. Sinners forever, but forgiven. Basically, this response says that there's no option. This response says that you are a sinner, you will forever sin, but that's okay because Christ forgave you and God doesn't see your sin. He only sees Jesus Christ covering you. He says in his book, your job is to plead the blood when you sin like this and rejoice in the forgiveness that you already have. Basically, there's no hope. You're going to continue sinning no matter how hard you try. Sinners forever, but forgiven. Is that a response that you would give? Would you look at Josh and say, there's no hope for you. You're just going to have to continue sinning. That's just, it's in your nature good luck, but remember, God has forgiven you. That's response number one. Now, response number two is gradual recovery. This is where you would would sit with your friend and you would tell Josh that you can quit, but it's going to take time. He's going to continue to cheat on his wife, Julie, but but as long as he continues continues to keep confessing his sin and keep leaning on God, he will eventually quit. It'll just take some time. That's response number two. Would you tell him that? That eventually you can quit, but it's going to take a long time. Or maybe response number three is more of an appropriate response, which is victory over sin. This is when you tell your friend that he can or she can stop sinning. He, can, he, he or she can have victory over the sin. The temptation will still be there, and he will still have those deep desires and urges, but eventually he will be able to stop. 
Keith Jury says that you might, you might be an adulterer in your heart, but your mind may be powerfully attracted to this woman, but you can become a non-practicing adulterer, waiting to but never acting on your desire. This is the victory God has for you. It's victory over sin. It, it's, it, it basically is saying that you will always have that temptation. You will always want that other woman, but victory over sin means that you will never act on it. You'll always want it, but you'll never act on it. And that can happen through Jesus Christ, our God. Is that a response that you would say? Or maybe it's response number four, which is deliverance from inclination. This is you telling your friend, Josh, what you're doing is sin, and you must stop. What you're doing is wrong. You cannot continue in this. Go and sin no more. Never again. This is when you tell your friend that God is offering you the power to seize your adultery, to stop it, to never, to never commit this again. And he says that, that God will not let you be tempted above what, you already, what, you, what you're able to resist. I mean, this approach says that God can deliver you from acting upon your temptation, and he will also deliver you from wanting to sin. This response says that, that, that we believe that God not only helps you to stop sinning, but he, he helps remove that desire to sin. It's saying that God, through sanctification and holiness, can help you to not want to sin, to only want to do his will. This is the most optimistic approach. This is, this is us saying that, that, that God can and will cleanse us from sinning and from wanting to sin. It's saying that we can have such a love for God that we only want to do his will. And so what is your response? What is something that you would tell them? And if you want to comment on this video, go ahead. Let's, let's hear your responses. Um, do you, do, do you uh, really lean towards response number one or response two, response three, or response four? Where, where in the spectrum do you fall? I mean, maybe we fall a little pessimistic or maybe we're a little optimistic. What's our response? Dr. Jury says that, that when doctrine plays out in real life, we discover our real position no matter what we say we believe. And Dr. Jury explains that this book that we're studying takes the fourth approach. And I'm glad that he does because, truthfully, I personally believe that God can deliver us from both the act of sin and the wanting to sin. I truly believe that, church. And I'm going to continue to preach that. I believe that God can remove us acting in our sin and he can remove us wanting to sin. And he can place into our lives a desire to only do his will. And I love, I love his closing example here. He explains that when a man loves his wife fully, he is able to keep himself only unto her, completely and fully. And if we are able, and this is, this, I, love, I love this example. He says, if we are able to love our spouse so deeply that we keep ourselves only to them, then we're able to love God that way. That love comes from God, church. Our God is the source of such love. Holiness is being filled with love that results in full devotion and thus full fidelity. It is completely keeping yourself to God and only God. Friends, listen to me. This is possible. You can have this type of life where you're no longer sinning and you're no longer wanting to sin. You're only wanting to do what the Father says and to do God's will. You're able to have that. 
we are able to have, we are able to love God so deeply that we keep ourselves solely to Him. We do, we, we do this not by trying, and I, and I love what Keith Jerry says, we do this not by trying, but by receiving God's love and filling. The Holy Spirit loves the Father, and the, He loves the Son completely and fully. And when God fills us with His Holy Spirit, we can become fully and completely in love with God and others. Amen? Let's make this happen, church. Let me pray a special uh, a prayer of blessing over you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, I want to thank you for everyone that's joining in right now. And I want to thank you for my friends and family. Lord, what a blessing they are. And right now, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word together and to talk about holiness and sanctification. And right now, Lord, I want to pray a special blessing over everybody that's listening and joining in. Lord, I pray that you will give them that cleansing. Help them to take the steps, the next steps into holiness. Lord, you see that the hearts that they have, you see that they have a desire to serve you. And Lord, just continue to pour into their lives. Lord, do not allow discouragement or, uh, or any anxiety or anything to set in, Lord, but help them to be able to continue to press forward in your power. And Lord, if there is a need in their life right now, I pray that you will intervene, allow your will to be done, transform that need, and allow them to glorify you no matter what happens. And Lord, again, I just thank you and I praise you. And it's in your holy and glorious and righteous name that we pray. Amen. Friends and family, I love you. Stay safe and God bless.